Well, hello there, and welcome to the first episode of Billy Bob the Podcast. My name is Chris Mull. Okay, it's actually Christopher. But how many people named Christopher do you know that actually go by Christopher? I know there's a few, so don't go sending me a bunch of messages. There's also some that go by Topher, especially after Topher Grace made it big on that 70s show. I also get referred to as and go by the nickname Billy Bob. If you're wondering why, you will have to tune into the next episode here in a couple weeks. I'll discuss how the nickname Billy Bob came to be. I will also have an interview with a good friend of mine that played a big part in the name Billy Bob. We reminisce about some old days, share some road trip stories, have some good laughs. I'm sure you will too. So make sure to tune into that. You may be asking yourself or wondering what this podcast is about, why I'm doing it. I'll get to that here in a moment. But before that, I would like to give a big thank you to a couple people and companies that stepped up to sponsor this podcast. They have a lot of faith in me because they did so without even hearing an episode. I'm truly appreciative of that. The first being Ron Perkins at Hammered Weekend Wear. You can check out hammeredweekendwear.com. It's an apparel company. They have shirts and hats and a lot of other miscellaneous items. Their shirts feature real builds, which means that all the vehicles in the artwork are real vehicles built by somebody. You can't see me right now, but I'm actually wearing a Hammered Weekend Wear shirt as I'm talking at you. I may or may not be wearing anything else. I'll let you paint that picture in your head. If you're into that urban logger look and like flannel shirts, they have a flannel shirt division, Hammered Flannel or Hammered Flannel Company. They have limited edition flannel shirts. So there's a limited number. You won't have to worry about a whole bunch of other people having the same flannel shirt as you. I've been pretty lucky. I've gotten my vehicle or vehicles I've worked on featured on three different Hammered Weekend Wear shirts. There's a fourth one coming. You just got a little clue of what's to come for Hammered Weekend Wear. So make sure to check out hammeredweekendwear.com. Give them a follow on Instagram and like them on Facebook to keep up with all the new designs coming out. I'd also like to thank... Jason Craig at Precision Auto Wiring. Precision Auto Wiring builds harnesses for LS swaps. If you're doing an LS swap and you need your harness upgraded for that, you can send it to Jason. He will redo your harness, flash your computer, send it back to you. It'll make your LS swap a lot easier. He also does C10 headlight upgrade harnesses. If you have a C10, you know what I'm talking about. The old C10s, the headlights weren't the brightest. He does a harness that has a couple of relays in it so you can add better headlights and more power and wattage to your headlights so you can see better at nighttime. He is also an American auto wire dealer. So if you're wiring your old vehicle or new vehicle and you would like a new fuse box and harness, make sure to hit him up at Precision Auto Wiring. You can, again, follow him on Instagram or like him on Facebook. That's Precision Auto Wiring. I'd also like to give a big thank you to a few people that gave me a lot of useful information before starting this podcast. That being information on equipment and the do's and don'ts of having a successful podcast. Those people are Jamie at Mini Trucker Colt Podcast. Mini Trucker Colt Podcast is a mini truck related podcast. Imagine that. He goes over some scene updates. They have some reviews on movies, a lot of 80s, 90s movies. He also has the Hot Girl Shootout, which they take a couple girls from the past or maybe present and they put them up against each other and discuss which one's hotter. So if you're into that kind of thing, make sure to check out Mini Trucker Cult Podcast. I'd also like to thank Jason at Our Lifestyle, the podcast. Jason was very useful on what equipment to get and use to start this podcast. He was kind enough to give me a lot 
lot of information over the phone through messages back and forth. I'm really appreciative of the time he spent with me to get this up and running. He's been very supportive and I do truly appreciate it. Our Lifestyle, the podcast, is a mini truck related podcast. Gives a lot of scene updates, what's going on currently in the world. They discuss a lot of past vehicles, builds. They have a lot of interviews with a lot of iconic truck owners and a lot of iconic people and just other people in the scene of mini trucking. They just passed their 200th episode, so they've been at it for a while. Make sure to give Our Lifestyle, the podcast, a listen. Check them out. You can again follow them on Instagram or like them on Facebook at Our Lifestyle, the podcast. Podcast. Last but not least, I'd like to thank Levi, Dane, and Tim at the Rag Company podcast. It was pretty cool. I got to go down to their facility here in Boise, Idaho, and take a little tour. They let me check out their sound room where they record their podcast, the editing room where they edit the podcast. I even got to go to their new facility that they're building right next to their building where they're going to have their new and maybe even current podcast. That was pretty cool. They've got about 60,000 followers, so they've been doing it for a while. They were useful, I mean really useful, on some do's and don'ts of having a successful podcast. I was really appreciative of them. The Rag Company sells rags all over the world. You wouldn't think that there'd be that much demand for it, but they supply hospitals and businesses and detail shops. They're really into detailing. They also sell detailing products. So if you're looking for some detail products or microfiber cloths and towels for your vehicle to detail it, make sure to hit them up at theragcompany.com. Check out their podcast for some detailing tips at the rag company podcast you can also check them out and follow them on instagram and like them on facebook so what is this podcast about and why am i doing it well before i get into that i just want to say that some people may think i'm trying to brag when i tell some stories or mention my accomplishments and things that i've done in the automotive industry here i'm not really trying to brag i'm just trying to share some stories with you some adventures some builds hoping that maybe it will inspire somebody to get out and work on their vehicle or or get out of the house and take a road trip go on a road trip go on an adventure live life a little enjoy life have some laughs especially with what's going on lately in the world right now i have a lot of friends on the oregon coast well i should say the whole west coast washington oregon and california really going through some wildfires right now and they're having to evacuate homes and some of their houses have burnt down and shops have burnt down and trucks have burnt down and you know i really feel for them and my heart just goes out to them and I I really hope that they make it through all this and the troubling times that they're going through. So again, please don't take it as bragging. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to share some of my stories with you and so you can get some laughs and and be entertained for a little bit. I've been told by people that I'm a good storyteller. Um, That's not up for me to decide. That's up for you. So once again, like I said, please take it for what it is. I'm not trying to brag. I don't think I'm better than you. What's this going to be about Why am I doing it? Well, fortunately enough, I was blessed with a pretty good memory. I can tell you stories from back when I was two, three years old till current. Um, I remember things and I retain a lot of information. A lot of it's probably useless information, but I retain it nonetheless. I've always had a like for figuring out what things do, how they work. I really have a love for automobiles, especially custom automobiles or um, automobiles, as my good friend Long Duck Dong would say. If you don't know who the Dong 
Donger is, you should check him out. Look him up. He's a pretty cool guy, fun to party with. He has a pretty sexy girlfriend and uh, often smells like canine cologne after a night of partying. He's a pretty funny dude. So, uh, I mean, if you're named after a duck's dork, you kind of have to be, right? But anyways, my uh, love for mechanics and figuring out how things work and customizing things, it goes back to an early age. When I was around four years old, I discovered Phillips screwdriver and ripped apart one of my dad's electric drills. I'm sure he was real happy about that. I guess I just wanted to figure out what was inside of it, you know, how it worked maybe, or maybe I just was having fun taking Phillips screws out. I don't know. As I got a little bit older, got into bicycles, especially BMX bikes like a lot of people. During the time of having BMX bikes and bicycles, I was into customizing them. I'd tear them apart and I would repaint them and go through BMX magazines and look at parts and figure out what I was going to do to them and plan my builds and all with money I didn't have, but guy can dream. That's what a lot of us do, just dream. I remember back then from about, oh, I was about 10 years old when I got my first BMX magazine. We got a little store that was by our house. Uh, we lived at the beach in Washington, and I got this BMX magazine, and that kind of started my customizing on bicycles. I looked through that and saw those guys racing and doing tricks, and that kind of sparked my interest in that. When I was about, oh, 12, 13, in one of those BMX magazines, they had an article called the POTS mod. And what the POTS mod is, is the stem on a bicycle that holds the handlebars, it has a bolt that goes through it. And the POTS mod is a hollow boat that the brake line goes down through and you can spin your forks round and round doing tricks and not tangle up your brake cable. Well, I decided that I had to have one of those. So me being the mechanical genius that I am, so to say, well, I don't know about that. But anyways, I, I figured how to do things on a low budget. I went down to the basement of this house that we lived in, and there was a lamp down there. And if you've ever taken apart a lamp, there is a bolt that runs down through the center of them that is hollow so that the wiring can go down through. So I took apart my bicycle stem. I drilled and tapped the stem and the little butterfly at the bottom to accept this hollow bolt. Put it all back together, ran my brake cable down through there, modified my front brake caliper so that the cable could go the other direction, and had what is referred to as a POTS mod. Well, other kids in the neighborhood saw that, and I ended up doing quite a few of those with some lamps probably stole from their houses, maybe even a couple taken from our house. So in case my mom's wondering what happened to one of her old lamps, well, mystery solved. <laughs> I don't think I can really get grounded or punished for it now, so I can actually uh, share that story. Think back about that, and if you've ever looked at one of those bolts, they're pretty thin, and it amazes me that with all the jumps and tricks we did with those that nobody <laughs> ever had one of those break and got seriously hurt or injured or died from it, but we all seem to survive. Speaking of customizing bicycles, uh, when I was around 13, we lived in this town, Goldendale, which is a little town kind of mid-Washington down near the Columbia River. And the next-door neighbor lady, my mom and I, we went blueberry and huckleberry picking in Oregon. And after picking all the buckets of blueberries, we sold them. I made some money. I think at the time it was actually quite a bit of money. But in the Dalles, Oregon was a bicycle shop. And I remember walking through there previous to picking the huckleberries and seeing these wheels and rims and that in the window. And I told my mom that I wanted new wheels for my bicycle. So I picked out the color of nipples I wanted that go on the spokes and the color of hubs and rims and spent all my money on a set of wheels. You know, I remember my mom asking me if, are you sure that's what you want to spend your money on? And you know, me saying, oh no, I, that's what I want. I want these wheels for my bicycle. So that's what I got. I was always customizing things from 
you know, teen years and, and bicycles. Um, while we lived there in Goldendale, I wanted a number plate for my bicycle. And it's funny because I shared this story, well, a short version of it, you know, on a comment. I built this little BMX scooter not too long ago to uh, ride around at work. Our two shops are across the parking lot from each other. One's a body paint shop and the other's a mechanical shop. And I get tired of walking back and forth between them, so I built this old 80s BMX scooter to ride back and forth and I made a number plate for it and that made me remember that uh, somebody commented on the number plate that I'd built and said you know that was the thing to have had to have that back in the day and when I lived in Goldendale there with my bike and got those wheels and rims well spending my money on those rims I really didn't have much money other than that so I really wanted a number plate and my dad took this Rubbermaid garbage can and cut out a number plate for my bicycle and at the time, I really didn't care. I didn't really think much about it. Um, I was just happy that I had a number plate. And I wanted some numbers for my number plate. So I begged my dad to get me some numbers. So we went down to this local hardware store. They uh, had a row there, an aisle that had a bunch of BMX parts and that. And I was always into the number seven, and I really wanted the number seven for my number plate. But it just so happened that the only thing on sale was a three pack of the number six. So it was a take it or leave it. I either get the six or I get nothing. I'm sure it was on sale because of the three sixes, six, six, six. Anyways, I take and I put a six, nine, six or a nine, six, nine. I can't really remember. I wish I had pictures of it from back then. And a couple other little cheap tough neck and BMX stickers that were on, got and put on that number plate. And, you know, I really enjoyed that summer living there in Goldendale. We only lived there for about three months and then we moved back to the coast of Washington, but I did a lot of bike riding while I was there. We lived up on a hill. We uh, ride our bikes down into town and swim in this river and then uh, ride back up home. We'd always do the crisscross across the street or the road riding back up the hill so it wasn't quite the climb. Probably actually took three times as long to get up the hill, but um, it was easier to pedal that way. You know, never complained about that, but like I said, really enjoy that summer. Uh, a few years later, I got a little older, about 15, and my grandfather gave me a 54 Chevy five-window pickup. It wasn't the greatest truck. It was an old farm truck, kind of beat up, but you know what? It ran and drove, and it was mine. That's the first vehicle I learned to drive in. My dad took me out on our streets by our house, and I learned to drive the old stick shift Chevy pickup, grinding gears, and that truck was pretty funny. It had a the doors wouldn't quite stay latched. I remember one time I went to go pick up some friends. I was a cool guy. I had a vehicle to drive. Picked them up and we decided to go around this corner where the bus stop was and a bunch of kids would stand out there waiting for the bus. And as we took this corner pretty fast, the uh, passenger door flew open and one by one, everybody started to fall out the door. <laughs> the guy closest to the door, my friend Ray, he grabbed onto the next guy that grabbed onto the next guy that grabbed onto the gear shift and we were grinding gears around the corner and my friend Ray's butt was dragging on the ground. It ripped through his pants and hamburgered him a little bit. Pretty fun, embarrassing moment, but <laughs> it's just a good, funny memory to look back on and, and share with you people. That truck, the body was pretty bad on it as far as dents and that, so that's pretty much what started me in doing body work and painting cars and customizing cars. 
I mean, I knew I always wanted to customize cars from about the time I was 10. I saw the movie Corvette Summer. If you don't know what Corvette Summer is, you should check that movie out. It's one of my favorite. It has Mark Hamill, Star Wars man, Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill is this high school kid, and they find this old Corvette in a wrecking yard, and he rebuilds it and, you know, makes it right-hand drive. I've kind of always had this fascination with right-hand drive vehicles. It's probably from that movie. But he customizes it and custom paints it, candy apple red with some flames. And from then on, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to build custom cars. So with this Chevy pickup, we lived a few blocks from a mall. And that mall had a Kmart. And guess what Kmart sells? Bondo brand Bondo. Now, if you're a body man, you already know. But if you're not a body man, Bondo brand Bondo, it's not a very good quality product. Let's put it that way. But at the time, that's all I had access to. To get that Bondo brand Bondo and sandpaper and rattle can primer I needed to do the bodywork on this pickup, my younger brother and I, we would ride our bicycles around the neighborhood, towing a gas can and lawnmower, and we would mow lawns for money. We eventually got regulars. Um, there in the coast of Washington, it rains quite a bit, so you don't have a very long time span to make money mowing lawns, but we did it in the summer when we could, and with that money, that's how I would buy all the stuff I needed to do the bodywork on this pickup. I wish that I had pictures of that pickup because at the time, I'm sure that I thought it looked great, but I'm sure it looked just like grandma's washboard and uh, wasn't very good. In fact, I can guarantee that, but I really enjoy that old pickup and I'm sure I'll share some stories in future episodes of driving that pickup and some of the things that I did with that pickup. From there, I traded that pickup when I was 16 for a 65 Mustang. I painted that car. That was one of my first paint jobs. Practice makes perfect. I look back on my first paint job that was on a little Toyota Corolla my parents owned. I painted it black and I guarantee you a cantaloupe is smoother than that paint job. It was pretty textured. A blind person could probably read stories in that paint. Um, It was bad. But just like this podcast, you just got to keep at it and keep trying and eventually you'll get better. When I first started and wanted to do this podcast, I'd drive to and from work. I would record myself on my phone. I would listen back to it and think, man, that sounds horrible. Oh, I say this too much. Oh, I say that too much. And I'd work on not saying things. And I'd practice and I'd practice and I'd mess up. And I finally came to the conclusion, just like my first body work on that Chevy pickup or my first paint job on a Toyota Corolla, that if I didn't just get out and start doing it and get this episode out there, that it would never happen and I would never get better. So I decided that it's time and you are now listening to this first episode. Like I said, I got a 65 Mustang that I traded the Chevy pickup for. I'll share a story about my body work and paint on that thing and about running it through the neighbor's woodshed and <laughs> some some other funny things that happened. When I was 16, I also worked off and got my first car on my own, which was a Fiat X19. I will share a story about that eventually. Since then, I've had many, many different vehicles and have many, many different stories to share with adventures, road trips, or working on them. Later on, about ready to graduate high school, I took a lot of architectural and drafting classes, mechanical drawing. I was pretty good at it, so good that right before my senior year was up, a counselor called me into his office and wanted to talk to me about a scholarship for drafting and a school in Arizona and that 
he could probably get me the funding to do so and a scholarship to go to that. I remember looking at him and telling him that I didn't want to do that the rest of my life. I wanted to build custom cars. <laughs> you know, I think about that now and wonder if that was a mistake. But I think about where I'd be at in life and what my life would be like if I'd actually went to that school instead of building custom cars my whole life. But I can guarantee you that I wouldn't have enjoyed my job and had as much fun doing it as I have. I've been pretty fortunate throughout my automotive career. I've accomplished a lot of things that I've wanted to accomplish. I went to work for a custom paint and body shop right out of high school. It's pretty cool. The owner of the shop liked to do custom paint. And so we painted a a big monster Jeep with some rainbow flake flames and did a lot of other cool custom paint things. It was kind of right up my alley because I was really into custom paint. I worked there for about a year and a half. And then I got to go work for a gentleman named Larry Foss that had Foss's Hot Rods and Cool Cars in Montesano, Washington. And that place was really cool because it was a high-end hot rod shop. And we built hot rods. He pretty much told me, forget everything you've ever learned about bodywork. We're going to start all over. And that's how I learned and where I learned a lot about gapping cars, the, you know, making the gaps perfect on doors and hoods and panel blocking the whole vehicle together so it was perfectly straight. And we would primer and guide coat. And that's where I first wet sanded and buff paint jobs. Um, I know that's a lot of information for people that don't know what that's all about. But for the people that do, they, they'll understand what I'm talking about. I worked there for quite a few years and from there I painted cars and did body work in my parents garage and over the years I've worked in quite a few different high-end hot rod street rod shops. I managed a truck off-road and accessory center for a number of years. I also had my own company Billy Bob Customs for a while. I love to do custom paint. Unfortunately I started to get sensitized to paint chemicals and I was sick and it really affected me. I also have psoriasis. You're born with psoriasis. It sometimes just picks when it wants to be a problem in your life. Psoriasis is when, okay, so the normal person, they reproduce skin cells every about 30 days or so. Parts of my body decide they want to reproduce a skin cell every two to three days. So I have these big flaky skin patches on my body here and there. Nothing horrible. I really feel for the people that have it, you know, have a big problem with it everywhere. But that damp, rainy climate that's there on the Washington coast really affected that. Also, people with psoriasis, about 30% of them get what's called psoriatic arthritis. And guess who's one of those lucky 30%? That's right, me. So what that does is it just randomly will pick a joint in your body somewhere to swell up and cause discomfort and pain for a while. Some people it's even worse. But for me, it's an occasional finger foot, maybe my neck, and this dry climate over here really helps. I'm very thankful that I had a business partner that bought my half of the business out and allowed me to, you know, upgrade my quality of life by moving here to the Boise, Idaho area so that I had a drier climate. It really helps. Every time I go back to the coast of Washington and visit family, my psoriasis seems to flare up and act up within the first day of being there. So I am thankful every day that I was given the opportunity to uh, move on. I've also had my vehicles on and featured in numerous magazine 
mountains. I have a lot of stories to tell about photo shoots and road trips with those vehicles, working up to those photo shoots and building those vehicles and friends' vehicles. I've helped on some SEMA builds, flown around the country, painting graphics on trucks for the SEMA show. If you don't know what the SEMA show is, that's about the largest automotive trade show in the world. Millions of people go through there. It's in the beginning of November in Las Vegas every year. Well, except for this year, they canceled it due to the COVID thing, which seems like everything's canceled for that this year. But anyways, I've gotten to do some of those builds for that, which is pretty cool. I've been fortunate and gotten to do some TV shows. I got to take five of my best friends and build a car in 48 hours on Car Warriors that was on Speed Channel. I did a build on an F100 pickup on Search and Restore. I flew back to Tennessee for a week and did that and worked with some incredibly talented and amazing people. I did five episodes of Motor City Masters. I flew to California on last minute notice to fill in for somebody and end up doing the rest of the season. That was pretty cool. I got to work with some talented people. I was a member on a 14-man build team, and we had three days to build these vehicles that people designed. I'll definitely share some stories and have some interviews with people I work with on that show. And as a guest on Legends on the Left, you can watch that on Amazon. The show host, Todd, came here to Boise, Idaho. We went out on our Gambler 500 car and had some fun on that. (laughs) You can, that was a pretty fun show to do. So you can, like I said, watch that on Amazon. I think you can probably look up all those shows if you really search hard enough and watch those. If you're interested, you don't have to. I've gone on a whole bunch of road trips to and from shows and little adventures on the way. I've traveled around the country working and I've actually gone overseas a couple times to Europe. I'm sure I'll share some stories eventually about that and definitely about road trips. Most of all, I've met and befriended so, so many amazing and wonderful people over the years, most of them in the automotive industry, some not, but I have some great stories to share with you about how I met those people. I'll have some interviews with those people, let them share some of their stories. You'll find out about them, what they're currently doing, what they're working on, some of their past builds, a lot of their past accomplishments. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm sure you'll enjoy all those. We'll have some good times and some good laughs, reminisce about some old days. Like I said, I hope you listen to these episodes of my podcast and they will inspire you to build something and go out and finish a project you have or start a project you've always wanted to start. Take a road trip you've always wanted to take, go on a little adventure, create some memories, or just listen to them and have fun and laugh with us. I know the second episode that I have coming up here in a couple weeks. My friend and I, we had a lot of laughs doing that and really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I guarantee that you'll laugh at some of the things we talk about and discuss in it. Make sure to tune in for the second one. Really thank you for checking out and listening to this one. I am going to warn you that in future episodes, you are going to occasionally hear a swear word or two, maybe more. Even I occasionally drop the F-bomb. Well, sometimes even more than occasionally. But it happens So if you're one of those people that are easily offended with oversensitive ears, may not want to listen to my podcast, I'll probably put a little warning future episodes so that people know so before listening to the thing and just kind of happening upon a swear word there. I don't mean to do it to offend anybody. It just, that's how we are. It just kind of happens. I'm not really going to do too many scene updates in my podcast. There's plenty of podcasts out there with scene updates. You can listen to Mini Trucker Cult Podcast, as I mentioned before. You can listen to Our Lifestyle, the podcast, as I mentioned before. Both of those give great scene updates and will let you know what's happening currently 
in the mini trucking scene. There's some other podcasts out there that will let you know what's going on in the hot rod scene and custom car scene and that. So that's not to say that I won't occasionally mention what I'm currently working on or some friends are currently working on, but I'm not going to really drill into what's going on in the scene. I'm just going to try to keep this at my stories and guest interviews. Once again, I thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to my podcast and check it out. I really thank you for doing so. I hope you enjoy this one and all the future episodes. Until next time, you need to get off the couch and quit jacking your junk. Go out to the garage, build something, take a road trip, go on an adventure. Because when we meet up, I want to hear all about it. I will talk at you later. I'm out of here.